Hello guys and welcome to the Lean Off Plants podcast. I'm Chelsea, former overweight, healthy vegan, confused about why I couldn't look like my favorite plant-based influencers even though I was chugging back green smoothies every day. After a decade of unsustainable vegan diets, I learned the truth about weight loss, lost 40 pounds, and now I'm in the best shape of my life even after two kids. Girl, if you've been struggling to drop the pounds as a vegan, stuck in a cycle of self-sabotage, sick of yo-yo dieting and going hungry, never being able to get and stay lean, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I share the no BS truth about why vegan women are overweight, the action steps to get you shedding fat, and the mindset you'll need to get slim for life. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Lean with Plants. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the difference between calorie restriction and a calorie deficit. And you've probably heard these two things talked about simultaneously, but it can be pretty confusing when you're constantly hearing me go, hey, you've got to get into a calorie deficit to lose weight. But then also someone else saying, don't restrict your calories, make sure that you're not calorie restricting or don't do that. It's calorie restriction. So what gives? I'm going to break that down in this episode. So keep listening. All right, so first of all, I really think it matters to understand the difference between these two terms because if you don't, you're going to stay really confused about what to do to lose weight. And when you feel conflicted because you're hearing different information and you don't know the difference, that's going to hold you back from having the confidence to do the thing that you need to do to to lose weight, okay? And to actually keep doing that for the long term. I have experienced this so many times, let me know if you have as well, where you start on a path, you decide you're going to go do something, let's say that's a new diet, because if you listen to this, it probably is, and then a day or two later, you start wondering whether you're doing the right thing, because it's gone from that kind of fun, like, yeah, I'm going to get ripped, I'm going to be eating like this chick online, to being like, okay, hold on a minute, I have to actually commit to this. And this is hard work. So if you've got this idea, well, I don't even know if what I'm doing is right. Because hang on a minute, I just started my new diet. And now such and such has come along and said, that's calorie restriction, that's going to make you gain weight. You think you're going to stick to it? It's hard enough to stick to a diet as it is, let alone when you feel confused about it. So I think this is really important to have the confidence to keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. All right, so let's define what a calorie deficit actually is. And I want to be super clear here that this is accepted scientific law. It works off the basis of the first law of thermodynamics, which is about conservation of energy. And it states that energy is always conserved. It cannot be created or destroyed. In essence, energy can only be converted from one form to another. And this is how a calorie deficit works. So because the calories, which a calorie is really just a unit of energy, 
Because the calories coming into your body are neither created or destroyed, all right, once they're in your body, they're going to either be stored as fat if you have more than you need, or they're going to be used as energy, okay? So when you are in a calorie surplus, you store extra energy from extra calories that you're eating as fat. Fat is a really effective way of storing energy. So when you want to be burning fat, when you want to actually use that energy and burn that, you have to be in a calorie deficit. You have to be eating less calories than your body needs so that it is forced to dip into those stored rainy day fat cells so that you can shrink the amount of fat in your body. You can eat up your fat stores in essence, or your body can burn up those fat stores so that you can the body that you want to so that you can get leaner. And that's really how any weight loss program works. It works if and only if it gets you into a calorie deficit. So here's the thing about calorie restriction. Calorie restriction, I've struggled to say those two words together. The word calorie, after I say calorie, my voice gets real lazy. So calorie restriction. It does not have a concrete definition in the same way that a calorie deficit does. Because when you think about calorie restriction, that's going to really include any kind of limitation of calories. Okay? So you just saying no to a piece of cake that your Aunt Susan puts in front of you could be considered calorie restriction. Likewise, someone that is starving themselves could also be said to be using calorie restriction. See, this is not a concrete term, and I think it's really important to understand that when people are using this, it's a subjective measure. It's not an absolute measure of what's actually happening. And I've had people accuse me of promoting calorie restriction because I tell people that you need to get into a calorie deficit to lose weight. What baffles me is that in general, these are people that should know because they are in some kind of weight loss industry themselves, or they're promoting some kind of diet themselves, that for any diet to work, there has to be some level of calorie restriction from your starting point that will get you into a calorie deficit. So quite often when you hear someone talking about calorie restriction, they're talking about any kind of diet where someone is saying you've got to get into a calorie deficit, they'll be talking about counting calories or a low calorie density diet. And what I find is that most of the time when people talk about calorie restriction, they don't actually accept that you need to get into a calorie deficit to lose weight. So I'm automatically wary of anyone who uses these kind of terms. I really believe that these are fear-mongling terms. They are used in a dirty way because they sound scary. And you will never hear me using the term calorie restriction because it's not defined. It's so subjective and it really doesn't paint an accurate picture of what needs to happen in your body, which is getting into a calorie deficit to lose weight weight. Sometimes though, people use it to mean massive calorie restriction. All right. So that would be 
that you are not only just trying to get into a calorie deficit through whatever diet you're doing, whole foods, plant-based, low-fat, keto, whatever it is, raw till four, eating 30 bananas a day, I don't care what it is, that you are actually intentionally restricting your calories below what you need to, typically below your resting metabolic rate. And this is the real issue here. It's not so much that uh, calorie restriction in and on of itself, if you want to use that term, is negative. But if you are eating so few calories that you are below your resting metabolic rate, well, that causes some other negative effect, like you end up binging more, like you can't be consistent, like you're lethargic. That's the issue. The issue is not that you need to restrict your calories in some way or do something to reduce your calories to get into a calorie deficit. The issue is how far do you take it? And then the question is always, what are the negative effects of you doing that, if any? And there are quite a few, and we're going to be talking about that in this episode. All right, let's talk about some figures. Let's talk about some statistics, because the things that are concrete are where you are going to be able to filter all of the information that you receive. And this is so important to me. It's part of our ethos at Lean With Plants and the method that we use to get people losing fat and doing that sustainably is it's not about rules. It's not about dogma. It's not about saying, eat this at this time. You can't eat processed food ever or you have to eat 20% or less fat in your diet. It's all about saying, here is a scientific evidence. You get to make the decisions based on the empirical data. And this is why I give you guys figures and I give you guys numbers because this is how you actually filter if what I'm saying is accurate or not. So the resting metabolic rate of the average woman is about 1,400 calories. That's how much you need at your resting metabolic rate for most people is about that. So then you've got exercise on top of that. You've got movement, uh, your non-exercise movement, which is your NEAT. And if you want to learn more about NEAT, I've done a podcast episode on it. And then you've also got digestion of food because actually digesting your food does burn calories as well. So this brings up the average calorie needs of a woman to maintain their weight to around 2,400 calories per day. And this is based off a study that looked at about 360 people and it it took the average for all of these people. They're obviously different weights, they're different ages. So an average doesn't mean you, but it's an idea of where where people are on average. Okay. So 2,400 calories per day to maintain your weight. This is not to lose weight. So generally speaking, a 25% calorie deficit is the kind of gold standard for where you want to be. You want to be able to reduce your calories from your maintenance. That is, you're not losing weight. You're not gaining weight with the current amount of calories that you're consuming, whether you know that number or not. Reducing them by 25% is great. So for women whose maintenance calories are 2,400, which is the average, that's eating about 1,800 calories per day. And if you follow me on Instagram or you watch my YouTube videos, 
you will know that most of the time when I show a meal, I will tell you it's between 500 and 600 calories. And I don't count calories. Full disclaimer, I've done podcast episodes on this as well, but it adds up to around this ballpark. And I know by the way that I eat, which is using calorie density and eating until I'm full, that most of my meals are in that range. So that's right on point, right? That's around about 1800 calories. And my estimate for myself personally, because I'm at a quite a lean body weight and that I don't need as many calories as someone that is 50 pounds heavier than me because they it just takes more energy to move a body that is 50 pounds heavier. I estimate that I probably, to maintain my weight, need about 2000 maybe 2,200 calories per day. Um, I definitely eat that much or more a lot of the time and I don't really gain weight unless I'm eating processed food. So statistically, fewer than 12% of people would actually need to eat less than 1,400 calories per day to be in that 25% deficits. Deficit, deficit, oh my gosh, deficit. So that means that most people, close to 90% of people would be able to at least maintain their weight eating 1,750 calories per day. Why these figures matter is because if you are thinking that you are the exception and that somehow you need to eat a thou- only a thousand calories per day, then that is what you could call calorie restriction because it is way lower than even that very, very low 1400 calories per day. Remember, fewer then 12% of people would need to eat 1,400 calories to be in a calorie deficit. So there is no way that you will would ever need to eat less than 1,200 calories a day or 1,200 calories a day. Maybe, maybe if you are a granny and you never move and you are four foot one, maybe you need to eat 1300 calories a day to be in a 25% calorie deficit. But for the the sake of statistics, there is statistically really no one or exceptionally few people that would ever need to be eating less than 1200 calories a day to be in a calorie deficit. I'm going to suggest it's not you. I'm going to suggest that you are not 80 and that you are not bedridden. And if you are Mate, you've got more important problems to worry about than weight loss. And we're going to get stuck here a little bit. Like, I want to move on, but I think it's super important that anyone who's listening here who thinks they're that special unicorn that has to eat so few calories because their metabolism has been broken or they've had a past of yo-yo dieting or they've tracked their calories consistently for two days and or even a week, okay? I'm, I don't want to be patronizing to you guys. But I know, I know what it's like to think that your metabolism is broken. I've been there. I know what it's like to think that I have to eat way less calories than anyone else. Turns out it wasn't true. I just was eating so much more. Guys, there has been so many studies done now where people who thought they had metabolic damage, who thought they had thyroid issues, have 
and who couldn't lose weight, who've been put on medication for hypothyroidism by their doctors, who have been put in studies that actually test in an accurate way how many calories they eat and then how many calories they are burning. And they find that the discrepancy between what people think they eat this is even dietitians. This is even people who count calories and what they actually consume and then how much they think they're moving, their resting metabolic rate and their, their NEAT and how many calories they actually exert overall compared to how many they really do is about 40%. So this means that people who think that they can't lose weight because they're, they have to eat less than 1500 calories and they're convinced that they're eating 1,400 or 1,200 calories a day. Turns out they are actually eating more like 2,400 calories a day. And for most people, you're not going to lose fat doing that. So guys, you can go and look this up. You can go and find these studies for yourself. I'll link some in the show notes. But the reality is your metabolism is probably not that different to anyone else's. The difference uh, I read some statistics. I, statistics are fun. Statistics are great. I love them. But they're also hard to interpret. Um, and because it's maths, right? I mean, I did not do great at maths at school. But I love patterns. Uh, but I was reading the other day that the resting metabolic difference in calories between, like on average, when you, if you were talking to someone else, is... The difference is 0.05%. So that equates to maybe 100, 200 calorie difference between, that's just your resting metabolic rate between you and whoever you're talking to. That's not much. It's not enough to stop you losing fat. It's not enough to even slow you down because there's so many other things that are going to affect that much, much more than the tiny difference that you might have between someone else. This is not what's stopping you. What's stopping you is that you're not getting into a calorie deficit. And that's hard enough as it is for most people, regardless of what your metabolism is doing. It's just hard to get into a calorie deficit. It's just hard to change your eating habits. So don't equate how hard you're finding this or how comparatively easy it looks for someone else with the fact that you must have a damaged metabolism or a slower metabolism. It's just hard, okay? It's hard for everyone. And if you're using that as your measure, it's just hard, okay? But it can get easier. There is ways that you can use calorie density. This is what I've done, guys. This is how I've lost 40 pounds and kept them off using calorie density so that even though it's hard, it's possible, it's doable, it's learnable. You don't have to go hungry. I've talked about this before. I'm not going to get into it now. I'm kind of going off on a tangent. But the goal for any kind of diet and any kind of fat loss is in general, guys, to restrict your calories so that you burn fat. And here's the thing. The biggest issue with trying to eat very little calories is not that it's inherently bad for your body. Because there's people who have gone a year. Okay, there's one guy. I don't know if there's people. There's one guy that went over a year eating nothing. And he was fine. He had to take vitamins 
because that's the real issue. This is the thing. If you are massively restricting your calories and you're not getting enough nutrients because you're not eating enough, that's a big issue. That's damaging. It's less about how many calories you're eating overall because if you've got fat to lose, you can afford to be eating little calories or lower calories, but you always need nutrients. This is another reason that I hate keto diets so vehemently and any kind of diet that tells you to restrict the most nutritious food on the planet, like whole grains, like carbohydrates, whole food carbohydrates, like fruits and vegetables and any of the foods that keto tells you to eat because now where are you getting your nutrients from? Don't even worry about calories right now. If you're not getting enough enough nutrients, if you are not getting a lot of these vital minerals, you're going to go blind. You're going to die. You're going to die earlier from that, from deficiencies, than if you are 200 pounds and you can afford to be on a desert island for a while. So don't get me wrong when you hear this, that I think you should massively calorie restrict. You shouldn't. But the biggest issue with trying to eat so little is not that it is necessarily going to have a negative effect from your body in a calorie sense. You're not going to get metabolic damage from uh, calorie restriction You will have some adaptive thermogenesis. Your body does adapt to that slightly. It's not a negative thing. It's not an aberration. It's not damage. It's just a normal process, and it's not massive, all right? But the biggest issue is that when most people try and eat so little calories, they actually end up eating way more calories than if they had eaten a moderate amount to begin with. And this is why, because when you massively restrict your calories and you are eating so little that you are hungry and that you are famished and that your cravings become unmanageable and that you are needing massive willpower to maintain what you are doing, you at some point are most likely going to give in to your hunger drive because your hunger drive is there to keep you alive. It's only job or your body's only real job is to keep you alive and preferably in reproductive health. So anytime that you are hungry, you are going to be compelled almost beyond reason, beyond your best plans and interest. Think about all the things throughout history people have done for money, horrible things. I'm not money, food and money. All right, while we're on the subject, money and food, people do horrible things for both of those things. But they are massive motivators. Hunger is a massive motivator. So if you think you're going to be able to beat that, I'm sure your own experience can probably tell you that is not the case. All right, so working against your hunger drive through massive calorie restriction will most likely lead to you eating more calories overall when you binge on the weekend, when you have a blowout late at night because you say stuff it, when you're snacking on high calorie foods because your meals were like a hundred calorie salad. That's the issue. And 
this is another problem when people calorie count is they calorie count their good days. They calorie count their 1500, ate a salad, had a protein shake, went to bed miserable days. They're not counting the next day where it's bagels and cookies and ice cream and alcohol and your overall calories for the week bring you right back up to your maintenance calories. So getting clear on what your real issue is is a key part of being able to know how to move forward because if you are stuck thinking that you need to eat very, very little calories to lose weight and that you've tried that and it hasn't resulted in long-term permanent weight loss, then you're going to start feeling desperate. You're going to start feeling like, oh, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'm going to go try the keto diet. Maybe I'm going to go and try some other random fasting or some kind of juice cleanse. I've got something wrong with my body. Instead of realizing, hey, I'm actually probably not the magical unicorn. I probably could lose weight eating 1800 calories a day of the right kind of whole foods but if I was consistent and I could do this for the long haul I'd get there because I'm not special in a way that's what I want you to know I want you to know that you're not a failure and you're probably not all that special some of you might be okay for you 80 year old grannies listening kudos for you for listening to this random 20 something year old spill off all her crap about dieting kudos to you grannies i love you big shout out what am i doing with my life all right guys so i want to tell you a little story about cassie and i've done a podcast episode with cassie before she was able to lose weight very very quickly following my program she is now the community manager in lean with plants she absolutely is obsessed with members making progress in the same way that she has made remarkable progress. But why was she able to lose weight so quickly? She lost about 38 pounds in five months, which is a lot quicker than I did. I took about two years to lose that amount of weight. So she lost this weight quickly because she was in more of a calorie deficit. Well, this is my perception anyway. I've seen the kind of meals that she eats. I know the kind of foods that she's consuming. I know that she eats a ton of vegetables. And so I really think that Coupled with her consistency, the fact that she is eating fewer calories is logically going to translate into quicker weight loss overall, all right? Because she was more in in a calorie deficit from what I can observe, okay? I can't say this 100%, like I don't have the data to really know this uh, 100%, but I can surmise it based on what I know and based on the fact that she had these quick results. I think I eat a lot more calories than her uh, most of the time, and I was—I probably would have been a lot more inconsistent as well. So consistency, consistency is a really, really big part of it. But here's the thing about her. What she did, she could maintain. She drastically changed her diet. She got into a big calorie deficit, but she was able to maintain that big calorie deficit. She wasn't knowing necessarily how many calories she was eating, but she was eating a lot of low calorie vegetables. She was eating until satisfaction. She was feeling a lot more satisfied, a lot more uh, able to do what she was doing, confident that she could keep going. 
unrestricted. She didn't feel restricted. So that that process of the five months of her maintaining a pretty high calorie deficit, so probably a lot more than 25%, maybe 30%, resulted in quicker weight loss for her. But here's the thing for you. Most people who, especially if you are coming from a standard American diet, think about Cassie, is she came from a keto diet. And I'm, I'm always quite worried for people, or not worried for people, but I'm, it's, it's interesting the difference between someone who comes from a dieting history and then tries something like eating a whole foods plant-based diet that is focused on low calorie density foods. And someone who comes from a standard American diet and then starts doing exactly the same thing. If you've come from a history of dieting and now you can eat as much food as you want, or if you've come from a history of never being able to have fat in your diet or only eating fully raw, which is like what I did as well. My way of eating was restrictive in the past. So for me to come and eat the way that I do now was incredibly freeing. I didn't feel any restriction at all. I felt so free and I was able to keep going with that. But guys, every single time that I go off plan and that I'm having way more processed foods in my diet, to come back to how I'm eating initially does feel restrictive because comparatively, it's much harder to do that than it is to go out and eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream and buy donuts and get mochaccinos every day because you're having to restrict your behavior at some point. So here's another thing that I want you guys to understand about calorie restriction. How you feel about restriction, because people will use these kind of terms even when it doesn't necessarily apply to calories. It could just be how you're feeling. Restriction is so subjective. Restriction, if you've been dieting, is going to be a harder diet if it's an easier diet, it's probably and you're losing weight, it's probably not going to feel like restriction. If you've been living a free-for-all for the past few months or the past few years or, the, or your entire life, changing that is going to feel like restriction. So what I want to remind you of with all of this is that in, Cal- in Cassie's situation, she was able to maintain what she was doing. She was able to maintain for the long term a big calorie deficit. She didn't find that restrictive, so she was able to achieve a very high level of consistency. So when you're thinking about changing your diet, this is my experience of helping hundreds of women now lose weight. Most women will struggle with their consistency when they do have a big calorie deficit, when they're trying to eat 1500 calories or even 1600 calories. So it is far better in the beginning to reduce your calories by reducing the calorie density of your food and be happy with any kind of reduction to see this as a path to getting you where you want to be. And it's all about reducing and improving. It's not about hitting targets. It's not about 
making sure you're eating 1500 calories every single day. It's all about asking yourself, am I improving? Because if you can do that, you're going to see that as success. You're going to be able to celebrate that win. You're going to be able to have trust in yourself and then improve that over time. Don't make the mistake of making this so hard for yourself in the beginning that you are never going to stick to it. Do almost whatever it takes to just reduce from where you are and get to a point that that's enjoyable because the more enjoyable and the easier it is to stick to, the more likely you're going to be consistent. And when you can actually be more consistent, you don't need a massive calorie deficit. You'll be fine with a 25% reduction in calories from whatever your maintenance calories are. Please don't think that I'm saying you have to track. I'm just saying reduce the calorie density of your meals by increasing your vegetables, by reducing things like processed foods and coconut cream and oil, all of those high calorie foods that add up very, very quickly. This is how to get into that 25% calorie deficit. Reduce from where you are now, but make it doable so that you don't go and eat more calories overall. I think this is fascinating because in the past month, I, I did a podcast episode with Chef AJ at the end of October and I made a commitment with her. It's something I'd been contemplating for a long time. I said, I don't want to eat processed food for the foreseeable future. And I have some, uh, like I have a definition of what that means to me. It might be different to you. I'm still having things like plant milks. Uh, I still have white rice. I still have uh, like pickled ginger and a few other little things. But I'm not eating pizza when I go out with my friends. And I have been eating more food and more starchy food than I normally would. I've been eating less vegetables than I normally would. Guess what's happened over the past month? I went on holiday last week and spoiler alert, holiday with kids, not really a holiday. Now I need a break from my holiday and a rest (laughs) and it's not going to happen because I got to catch up on all this stuff and I'm recording a podcast at 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, which was not in my plans. Anyway, I've actually lost weight. I've actually lost about two pounds in the past month. And I was struggling to lose that before because I'd gained a little bit of weight when I quit my job and I wasn't moving as much. And I also had been eating a ton of pizza. So isn't that fascinating that because my consistency with the processed food is better because I am not eating processed food so much. I'm not going out. I'm not buying sushi all the time. I'm not getting curries. I'm not having cakes. I'm not having biscuits, even though I'm eating more at my meals and I'm eating more starches and I'm eating less vegetables and I'm snacking on bananas all the time. Previously, I'd be snacking on apples and things, even though my meals are higher in calories than they have been for a long time. And I know that just because of the ratios, I lost weight because my consistency improved. So the moral of the story here is, yeah, you got to change your diet to get into a calorie deficit so you can start losing fat. But the best way that you can do that is to have that small enough that you can actually maintain it so that you can see those long-term results. Don't shoot yourself in the foot 
by eating less and less and less, and it being the reason that you self-sabotage. And this is another reason that I think it's so important to have habit goals rather than number goals, like a weight on the scales. I mean, you can have an, you're going to have something that you're aiming for, but it, like a calorie goal, because if you can have a habit goal that actually leads to the result, that's so actionable. Uh, and you can have a habit goal like increasing your consistency. Uh, and you can know that by maybe taking a, photos of your food or having a food journal and seeing like how your consistency is improving week to week. Uh, You can have a goal to eat a pound of vegetables every day. And this is what I recommend in Lean With Plants. This is a pillar of our guidelines is to eat one to two vegetables, uh, pounds of vegetables, which is a lot more than two vegetables every single day and to work up to that point. Guys, I think there's a lot of fear out there. I think there's a lot of fear because there's so much conflicting information about what to do. On one hand, we're scared of eating too many calories. On the other hand, it's easy to be scared of restricting calories in any way. And I've said things in this podcast like, be careful about restricting your calories so that you don't end up binging. And I hope that that phrase and what I've said is not something that scares you into behavior. I really hope that you can listen to this podcast and instead get some clarity or look honestly at what your current behavioral patterns are. Because Most likely you already do this. Most likely, like me and thousands of other women, you already know what that's like to try and eat so little calories that you end up binging. So the point here is not to make you scared for the future. It's to help you reflect on the past so that you can change your behavior, so that you can get out of this pattern so that you know that it doesn't have to be this massive struggle. There is a better way. At the end of the day, some kind of calorie restriction is needed to burn fat, but it doesn't have to be massive and it doesn't have to feel so hard. This is not just for people who are really dedicated and really motivated and have some magical quality or a better metabolism than you. You just need to learn these tools and learn how to be consistent with a slight calorie deficit so that you can start losing and keep losing long term. The Lean of Plants method is designed to do exactly that to get you moving through these five stages of weight loss so that you can learn, first of all, what to do to lose weight. And then secondly, how to do it, how to build your bowls, how to design your meals to get into that weight loss zone. Then how to create habits around meal prepping and planning and making sure that you are able to stick to that in your daily routine. And then increasing your consistency so that you can Deal with curveballs. You can deal with self-sabotage. You know how to recover from failure and you can improve your consistency and stop self-sabotaging long-term. In the last stage, we teach you how to tweak your diet more if you want to get that little bit leaner, how to maintain your weight long-term and where to focus on 
if you slip up. And full disclosure, it's probably going to happen at some point. So the doors to Lean of Plants are currently closed, but they will be opening again on the 26th of January 2021. So mark your calendar and get in there because this is the path to long-term weight loss success, step-by-step, clarity at every stage, accountability, and an amazing community that is committed to you making progress. This podcast has gone on so much longer than I was expecting, (laughs) as it normally does. Thank you so much for giving me your ear, for hanging out, and I hope that this has been helpful for you to understand the difference between these terms, a calorie restriction and a calorie deficit. I hope that you have the confidence to go forward knowing that you need to be in a calorie deficit, but that it shouldn't be so hard and that you can definitely lose weight without massively calorie restricting. And that if you have been stuck in this pattern, I want to encourage you to just start eating a bit more, but focus on the right kinds of foods and increase your consistency so that you can do this for the long haul. Because when you can do something long-term, you're going to get those results. You're going to get the results like Cassie. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week for another episode.